So you would actually do that, eh? You would you would let me uh you'd let me put myself in that position based on the conversation we just had in the car, the when I was in the car. Yep. You you would actually allow me to take a stance like that and completely make myself look like an asshole. Well, listen, I mean And this is this opinion, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, is on sports. So, but it's like it's a I I I voiced my opinion on something this morning, and Craig's like you need to take that. Uh, you need to bring that on the show today. And I said, really? I said, you would let me do that. You like, you want me to go and say that and basically be public enemy. Number one, listen, if you're going to have a stupid ass opinion, like you just did, then I want everybody to hear it. Okay. I, I, I bring up a simple conversation. Not all, Very, convers- no. not all conversations have to be public. Just saying. Well, there's some private things. Okay. We like to keep things private in our life sometimes, but this one, this one's not one of them. This is just your one of your popular opinions. Okay. And I popular I just, or unpopular. I don't it's know. It's going to I, be very unpopular once I get it out. I asked you a simple question. It, it, I asked I'm you just, a simple question this morning. And I say to your uh, I say to you, you know what? I I, I love football. I've really become a, a, a oh, fan stop, of stop fan stop of the with game. the bullshit. Just, okay, just yeah. what did here you we fucking go. say? Because here you always here have to preface everything. Oh, I, lo- I love this. Just just say it. Just say the whole say, say the point. What did you say? I just need you to shut the hell up for a minute, okay? Because we've been going on, we've been doing this. You were driving your kid in the car, and I give you a call, and all of a sudden now we're in a freaking battle. We haven't even started the the, the we haven't even started the pod yet. Okay. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're in this, we're in this battle, a heated battle already about something very simple, a very, a very simple comment I made. I said, I watched football yesterday. I said, it's just not the same when the bills aren't playing. I love watching the bills, whether they win or whether they lose it. it, I, I've, I enjoy watching the bills i love the red white and blue i love josh allen stefan diggs hey good get to you the know point. It, it, it's just like i i love watching i love watching the defense the offense i love watching the coach i love mcdermott the guy's just i don't know he's just got something that's infectious i don't know what the hell it is but okay. i'm i've bought in and you no 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 before, before, before you said before, no, 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 no 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 you asked me you said you said andrew i know you don't watch much football yep you know and you said that's but, exactly my words i know yeah. you don't watch much football and then i said you said and you said yeah, say sundays, what I said sundays are different around here when Quit the bills aren't playing prefacing the uh conversation just say what i said i just did you basically you said you said you said i don't want you said andrew you don't watch i said andrew, i know you don't watch football. no you don't watch football but but the whole point is this. My, my issue with this isn't isn't necessarily even the conversation. It's it's the fact that you you would even be okay with me fucking like talking about it. Like so, like I said to you, some conversation. So this isn't about the bills for me. This is more about you. Oh, like holy fuck! Like, what a John, fucking sandbagger! Like Johnny you're a spin fucking, it around. You're a fucking sandbagger. Yeah, that's where sandbagger. That, like you're sitting here, like you want you know you want like what I what I had to say to be public because I look like a complete dickhead and then you can swoop in and be the fucking hero. You oh, do look and, like a dickhead. 
You just do look like a dickhead. When I make a simple see, statement in the morning, say, good morning, Andrew, how are the things, blah, 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 this is great. Oh, you're driving Brody, all this. Oh, yeah, yes. what'd you do this weekend? Oh, you know, this, uh, you know, had a few games on the weekend with my uh, with my son. Then all of a sudden I was like, you know, I watch football. I said, just this wasn't the same without the Bills. I just love watching the Bills. And then you went off on a tirade about how sad it is in uh, for everybody who, who watches football. It's not just the Bills. Everybody watches football. It's just an absolute joke. Your brain watch this not i did we're, talk, not we're not even talking about things. the bills that is exactly what you said no for a guy that, for a guy I'm that can't remember here, what he put I'm in his coffee 20 right minutes now. ago i don't trust that you're going to be able to regurgitate exactly what i said i know exactly what you said because i actually wrote it down <laughs> i actually wrote it down that's so that's the complete that's that's the weasel i'm talking about right yeah, there. listen i mean but anyway, this is not just about the bills, right? This is about sports in general. We're talking about people um, on a beautiful Sunday. It was a absolutely beautiful Sunday. If you if you if you're not a Bills fan or if you're not a football fan, then you were outside, you were doing your thing, and and that's great. But for me, I just simply said that man, I miss watching the Bills because and I said Sunday and, for and me, you know Sunday came- for me is football day. Um, in my family, um, I was not a football guy when I grew up. I there did not go. watch football. That's as, what as I a, said. I talked about, I talked about, I said, step out for a second, step back out of, out of who you are now. And, and having being kind of like in a way pulled into the mix. And I said, I said, uh, step out and go back to the kid that was in North Bay who never grew up watching football. And I said, and think about this for a second, think about how much emphasis is put on a Sunday. I said, it's unbelievable. That's exactly what I said verbatim. When I think about Bill's Sunday, okay, I don't think about sitting back and people at home. I think about the mustard and ketchup on the 45-year-old man in the, in the parking lot. I think about the belligerent 50-year-old that's walking around, can't, can't remember his name, people jumping through tables. That's, that's what I think about. And I think, like, how do, how do people get to that point for a sport, for a team? Like, what does that have to do with the game? What does that represent? That's basically all I'm saying. And I guess when I say it, I'm categorizing all of that because when you go and you, you look at a tailgate and you, you see all of it, it's, it's like, what does this have to do with football? What does this have to do with a Sunday? Yeah. So, so that's what I think about. So yes. Am I guilty of categorizing all fans into one? I jumbled them into one, I guess. But because that's what we see on the national light. That's what you see when you scroll through social media about Bill Sunday is it's football. That's what it is for me. It's the mindset around football. You were telling me about about the Vegas Raiders and and their fans that you can't even wear a different team jersey into the building or they'll literally kick your ass like you know, what is that? What What is that for a fan? Yeah. How do people well, that's, that? that's not having for, here in Buffalo. Do you know there's, what I mean? There's other fan bases that are that are shitty, shitty places. It, like, at, I mean, how many fights have we seen? Fans in after games, how many fights? Well, I mean, it, it, and, and it's all alcohol induced and, and, and you know, it's, it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop. I'm just merely talking. And you're making great points about how, you know, for you, who's an not really a football guy for me, I'm watching football every day. I'm, I'm sitting down for basically one o'clock and I'm not getting up until like 10 because I'm watching all the games. I'm watching the four o'clock games. I'm watching the eight twenty game. I'm watching all of it because I love it. And it's it. I I'm, I enjoy the game, but I, I just simply brought up a comment this morning. You know, I watched the bills when they were losing. I still watch the bills. 
left a one o'clock game, you know, the four o'clock game start. I'm a little irritated. I'm like, holy shit, when are they going to turn this stuff around? But right now, I mean, there's, there has never been a bigger spotlight on the Buffalo Bills. Okay. They have one of the best offense in the league. They have the best defense in the league. I just really respect, you know, the management, like, I mean, Brandon Bean and, 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 and McDermott have, have done an absolute fantastic job. They're ca- it's a captivating team. And I just merely brought up that it's just not the same on Sunday when the bills weren't playing. That's the only thing I said, but I understand what you're trying to say about, you know, people, 45 year old guys squirting mustard and ketchup on their face. And you got 50 year old guys jumping through fricking tables and, you know, people walking around, they can't, they can't even say their kid's name. I get it. I, I get it. It's a crazy environment. I don't associate myself in that environment because that's not what I do. But that is about people maybe just releasing from a, a, a stressful week, a stressful, you know, time. And it, it, this is their way to, to, to really let their hair down and just in, in enjoy themselves and, 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 it's not my thing. It's not your thing, but it's it could be their thing. Surprisingly, I'd have to say that the biggest news around the league is the Vancouver Canucks for any reason, you know, other than their coach, Bruce Boudreau. Realistic to say, like I did all game the other night on the on the player cast that yeah. he is on the hot seat. I mean, how can you continue like this? Yeah, it was a bit of a surprise. I'm, I'm not going to lie. So so the Vancouver Canucks started on the road. They started their season on the road. All the first five games of the season, they started on the road. They started in, I think, uh, they hit Edmonton. They hit Washington. They hit Columbus. Like, and they lost them. It lost to Minnesota. So their 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 record going into their first home game of, of the season was zero, three, and two. So they lost two games in overtime. So they, but they essentially have five losses. They, uh, they finally get home. They finally have that first home game. They're looking at the Sabres that have been on the road for a week now might be a little bit fatigued because they're enjoying their, their success against, uh, you know, the Edmonton Oiler big win and, and the Calgary flame big win. And maybe Vancouver was sitting there thinking we can we could pounce on these guys. This is our season opener at home. We're gonna have lots of energy. Let's get this done. It was the exact opposite. I am trying to figure out right now, um, going through my mind, watching the game, going through it, talking about it. I'm trying to find out if the Sabers are that good, or the Vancouver Canucks are that bad because the Sabers absolutely rolled them right from the start of the game had tons of speed had tons of energy and we talked about it on the player cast and we talked about it multiple times they just looked like they're vancouver looks like they're done they look like they're dead they have no emotion you could see that there's there's a lot of players that looked like they were gripping the stick because wow. they had some they had some scoring chances they had some scoring chances they just could not find the net people people think they say they feel bad for Bruce Boudreaux um they feel like the Canucks roster isn't good enough or uh, but and then there are others Well where... it isn't it's not a good roster once you get by 
probably about three or four players on the forward line and, you know, arguably one or two. But isn't that why he's here? Like, isn't that why Bruce Boudreaux's here? He's a, look, he's a stopgap coach. Is he he a stopgap? No, he's a stopgap coach, in my opinion, in Vancouver. You know, he's a coach with, I mean, he's a coach with a good enough resume that your players will respect him. But I don't think he's the guy that's going to take you over the hump. You know, like, I I don't know. I mean, is that unfair for me to say? It cert- certainly doesn't look like uh, um, they they have a motivated team there. And, uh, you know, they look and, wounded. Unless these quotes are incorrect, I'm reading quotes here where our structure isn't good and we had a bad camp. That's coming out of Vancouver. Now, I don't, again. And whose fault is that? Well, structure, I mean, don't we talk about structure is coming from the coach. Like that's okay. You're basically, when you're saying structure, you're talking about the system. Yeah. Structure isn't good. And we had a bad camp and structure falls on the coach and training camp falls on the coach. And I'm going to look, I can't take a guy seriously. If I were playing now, granted, I had to respect every coach. Okay. I was a fourth, fifth line guy in this league. And I know that. All right. But I can't take a coach seriously that gets all excited and giddy and almost wets his pants when Kevin Owens, the wrestler, walks on the set of, of the NHL network and surprises Boost Boudreaux and he gets all excited because he's he's a WWE fan and he and he loves Kevin Owens. KO. I'm just thinking to myself, what? WWE wrestlers are are great athletes, but I mean it's fake wrestling. You work with with Great athletes. You, you you work around one of the one of the games that has the greatest athletes in the world, and you're gonna get giddy about a WWE wrestler. I, for me, I can't take that shit seriously. Sorry, I'm sorry, Bruce, but and I'm not saying that's why they're all four and two. I I think about watching that game against the Sabers. The Sabers were absolutely flying. Things are uh, there's there's unicorns and rainbows right now in Saberland, and you have the exact opposite um, the exact opposite team going in a different direction. They are now zero four and two, and the question is how many games before Bruce Boudreau is going to be the coach of the Vancouver Canucks? Because right, right now this this team did not look good. Okay. When you have your top players, like Elias Peterson, Pedersen, he was non-existent in the game. He is a top, top player. Like he is, he is a very high end player. Brock Besser did not notice him the entire game. Did not notice him at all. JT Miller last year had 99 points. Didn't notice him. There was a lot of players on this team that I just, they just didn't seem like they had the jam. It didn't seem like their top players were going. They, they were missing Quinn Hughes, which I mean, I can't tell you how much Quentin Hughes means to the back end because the back end is not a good back end. I mean, it, it, it's an average back end in, in Vancouver. And they they desperately desperately need Quinn Hughes in the lineup, and he was injured. So that's another thing that uh, 
Um, well, the chances that were given up, you can't him, be but... you can't be pointing the finger at Thatcher Demko. I mean, I feel like he tried, he did everything he could to try to keep his team afloat. There, have yeah, you seen Vancouver's peppered. schedule? So you want to talk Bruce Boudreau? Have you seen Vancouver's schedule coming up? Oh no! So they're oh four and two. You already ran through the gauntlet gauntlet of games there, but they have Carolina tonight. Oh, that's that that's a be, loss. That should be Carolina's a robot. Okay. Carolina is a robot with and they and literally from their 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 first forward to their twelfth forward and their number one defenseman to their sixth defenseman they are all all if, solid. If they, they're gonna they fire, robots. if they're gonna fire Boudreau and they lose tonight badly, it'll be after tonight because that gives them Tuesday, Wednesday before they have to go to Seattle. Because then they have they're in Seattle or maybe they give them to that game. I don't know, but then you have Pittsburgh at home who seems to be unbelievable. Uh, I don't know how they do it. Then they have New Jersey. Then they have, they have a pretty good homestand here. They have New Jersey, Anaheim, Nashville. So there are a few winnable games for Vancouver in there, but not with the way New they're Jersey's playing. Jersey's a tough team. Like New Jersey doesn't have a whole lot of respect right now, but they have a pretty darn good young group of young stars the Nico Heischer, the Jack Hughes, you know, the uh the Brat um they've got a nice hockey team that's that's a nice hockey team they're gonna they're they're the team that you cannot take lightly at all or they are going to pound you they have a lot of skill on on new jersey and i mean anaheim right right now is going to be one of the bottom feeders in this they league got killed they're yesterday be, by detroit 5-1 yeah they're gonna they're gonna be a bottom five team in the league without question it is it, it it's that's a for sure but um I'm going to tell you, uh, Bruce Boudreaux's coached a long time in this league. Um, he's had he's had success. He he has certainly had success. He's played, I think, 16 years of coaching in this league. I think he's had a winning record, 13 or 14 of those seasons. He's only missed the playoffs three times, and one of them was with Vancouver last year. So he has had a very very good career. It's just to the point where if the coach is not going to get what he needs out of out of this team, there might be a change. Coming. I feel bad for him because I I I feel bad for him because I I've heard players love him, okay, and I've I've met him before a couple times, but I've sat with him at a golf ter- a golf tournament back home in St. Catharines, and you know I had a had a great chat with him, and he's a really nice guy. He's a nice guy. Yep, he really a hockey is. guy. He played hockey uh, for a long time. Oh yeah, no, he played he, in the he, NHL uh, for for uh, 141 games. Uh, you know, had 70 points. He 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 was a good hockey player when he was a young young guy. I believe he was the. Uh, I think he won a Calder Cup. He did. He won a Calder Cup uh, in the American League. He won a East Coast League Championship, a Calder Cup Championship. I know he won Coach of the Year. That he stepped into he stepped into Washington that year. They fired. Uh, I think it was Glenn Hanlon. Okay. Do you remember was it Glenn Glenn Hanlon? And then he walked in and he he took them. He had a yeah, Glenn Hanlon they fired. He was Hanlon was six fourteen and one. Um, and then he came in and then Boudreaux came in. He went 37-17, oh and seven. And he took he took him to the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken, that year. And then he won he won coach of the year. That was the year Ovi had sixty five. So yeah, they lost in round one with the uh with the season that they had, and then he he won the uh, coach of the year. So anyway, it'll be interesting to see what happens in Vancouver because uh, that's a team to watch. Is there another coach that you have in mind that uh, is on the hot seat or is he the only one? 
No, I, I would say that he's he's the one. Um, you know, it looks like Toronto. Toronto, like uh, you know, when we were talking about coaches, that it was concern. When you lose the first game of the year, and I know it's it's the first game of the year, but when you lose the Toronto Maple Leafs goes in and loses against Montreal, that was a concern. Okay, it, it was just a concern. No, nothing to panic about. Um, you know, they they faltered a little bit in in their next couple games, but they seem to be on track. They just Toronto has a really good hockey team. They they have the defense, a, a stronger defense core. They have obviously elite, elite talent up front that are, you know, I don't th- even think have exploded yet. Keith, I don't see I, any other Keith coaches is, that is, can be on the hot seat. No, here. no, either do I, either do I. I think right now, uh, Bruce Boudreaux is is probably got uh, another ten games to to write the you ship. Think there. Ten games, eh? yeah. I don't think it's gonna. Okay. I don't think it's gonna be much longer than that. If the team is losing and the team is just not going in the right direction, they're gonna have to make a move. And it's not even about you know Bruce Bruce Boudreaux's ability to coach. He's a very good coach, but sometimes you just need a new voice. You need a new start. You need to spark something. And you'll go from there. Move on to Phil Kessel, but let me give you Vancouver's next 10 games because I only went to the next few. So here's their next 10 games, and then we'll move on. Carolina at Seattle, home to Pitt, home to Jersey, home to Anaheim, home to Nashville, uh, Ottawa, Montreal, Toronto, Boston, Buffalo. That's a long road trip. So that's their next five, uh, 10 games. Does he make it to the road trip? Yeah, he'll make it to the road trip because you're not yeah. going to hand off the road trip to a brand-new coach. They well, come you, home. They come have, home for a lot of games in uh, December. So, well, listen. That's I mean, their they ten. haven't won a game yet. Um, I don't think that there's uh, ultimate panic in 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 the management. Uh, you know, in the upstairs right now. But I will say this: that uh, listen, they're doing what you're doing. They're or, looking at the schedule. They're looking at the schedule. Do you keep them and run the gauntlet for Connor Bedard? A North Vancouver kid who could be, you could have the highest odds in the draft to land the kid from your backyard, literally your backyard. Go and make a run for that kid. That's where I'm doing be. a pretty good job themselves without having to go and do all that. <laughs> That's stuff. what I'm saying. Like maybe the, may- the team sucks right now. I mean, maybe. the team, like Elias Pettersson, I watching the game the other night was non existent. This is a world class hockey player, and they their top guys are not are not going right now. It's got to sit on the coach at some point. Let's move on. Phil Kessel, uh, Iron Man streaks in full effect. We'll tie the record 989 games, straight games, sorry, tonight. 989 games. Now, this was previously held by Keith Yandel. Keith Yandel got completely screwed. He had a chance to play a thousand straight games. On, on, you want to talk about a record that I think will never be held, uh, broken? You know, we talk about you know Gretzky's record, goal record looks more yeah. and more likely. His I point record, man. I'm gonna tell you this: a thousand straight games, insane. Um, but first thing before we even get into um, you know, Phil Kessel is is going going back. Like I remember. I was drafted to the Montreal Canadiens in 1992, and I remember going to, um, you know, the the um, you know the tryouts when I was when I was a young kid, 18, 19, 20, and I ended up making uh, the playing on the Montreal Canadiens when I was when I was younger. I think it was age maybe age 21 or 22, 
And Doug Jarvis uh, was my coach, was one of the coaches. Doug Jarvis was a player back then uh, or, or a coach back then that had played for the Montreal Canadiens for many years and had a had an Ironman streak of 900 and what, seven games? I don't I think it was around 907 games. Doug Jarvis? Doug Jarvis. It was 900 and something. I thought it was more than 907. I thought it was like 960 something, but yeah, 964. 964 games. And I remember as a very, very young kid at the time, I was only around 21 or 22. And I remember thinking to myself um, when I when I saw this guy, how in the heck is he even possible to play 960 whatever four games that you just said how is it even possible like i don't understand how you can do that like i you know are are you blocking shots are you going into the corners are you going to the front of the net like how do you how can you play 964 games and not have an injury. And yeah, okay. People are probably thinking, well, yeah, I'm sure he probably had an injury. Maybe he's just really tough. No, he wasn't. He's really soft, really soft. Phil Kessel is certainly not a guy who is uh burned down on you. And he's not going to the danger areas in front of the net and, and posting up in front, trying to screen the goaltender. He's not the first guy in the corner. He's not blocking shots. He's not doing all those things. And I'm not taking away anything from Phil Kessel because it's he's had an absolute incredible, incredible career. Sounds like you are. Well, I'm I, I'm just trying to figure out. I'm <laughs> honestly trying to figure out how in the hell, how in the hell, do you play 989 games? And Jarvis too, by the way, had to had to fix that into a trade. He got traded from Washington to Hartford. In eighty five, eighty six, and he had, and he had to, he still had to, you know, continue the the Ironman streak through a trade too. Now, granted, you have to understand this: Jarvis went to four straight Stanley Cups in his first four years in the league. Wow. So not only is he playing nine hundred and sixty four games, but he's playing a hundred and five playoff games. Got to know Doug Jarvis a little bit. His son Landry went to Ridley College and played hockey there. So so Doug was around. He might have even been coaching, helping to coach with the team at the time. Just a super nice guy, super nice guy. You know, I mean, yeah, and the nice same guy. as you. You look and you think, because like, he wasn't very big. No, he wasn't. He, he was wasn't. actually on the smaller size, the slighter size. And I just he's I, five I, nine. I, how much does he weigh? Well, it says one seventy. So That's you know, I mean, it's, it's like, and in it's that era, everybody, yeah. everybody, you know, paid the price in that era, in, in my opinion. But it, it, well, it'll Phil be- Kessel's going to tie it against Toronto, which I think that's fantastic. I really do think it's fantastic because, you know, Phil Kessel was a pretty darn good player playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, um, you know, then he, uh, then he got traded to uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins and ended up winning two Stanley Cups. So boom, shakalaka. So he ties it against Toronto and then um, breaks it uh, tomorrow night against San Jose in San Jose. If I was someone from Toronto, I'd be going after him. I'd try to take him out. You know, the funny thing is I I was uh, thinking about this actually yesterday and I was just thinking about like how absolutely, truly incredible this, this, um, this record is. And you, you said to me, oh, this will never be broken. This will, well, we just had two players, just 
two players, Keith Yandel and Phil Kessel, break Doug Jarvis's record at 940-64. This record will be beat. There will be a player that is going to play literally every single game of his NHL career. He'll probably have 1,200, and he's going to play every single game. There are two players currently still playing uh, that have their own Ironman streak going. Do you know who they are? Can we? Can you give me some some clues? He just won a Stanley Cup last year with Colorado. First guy to get the cup from uh, Landis Garg. Is that a good enough hint? You uh, nailed it too when we were uh, talking about Johnson. Johnson? No, no, not Johnson. Um, co- um, um, Cogliano, Andrew Cogliano. How many games he have? Eight hundred and thirty. Okay, he's pretty much close to being done. Okay, so how old is he? He's what thirty-five. Uh, he is. Yeah, he's thirty-five. He's thirty-five. So I mean, that's going to be has the ability because of his wheels, because of the way he plays the game. He's he's a third, fourth, one hundred and sixty games just to catch Phil. But it's a pretty it's a pretty impressive record. Here's another guy, Brent Burns, six hundred eighty-four consecutive games. He's age thirty-seven. Yeah, he's he's, there's zero chance that he's he's catching. But Brent Burns, very, 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 very impressive. Big, big, big man. Plays a lot of minutes. Like I mean, a lot of minutes. At, at one point in time in the league, Brent Burns was like one of the one of the top three minute eaters in ice time. Yeah, I guess he, he was. was he right? was a man child. This is when he was. Did he score thirty one year, twenty nine goals? Yeah, but he also had a twenty two, a seventeen, a twenty seven, a twenty nine. A 12, a 16, a 12. Like, I mean, he scored a lot of goals. 227. 227 goals as a uh, as a defenseman. So Was he ever drafted as a forward? He, yes, was dra- he was. He was drafted as a forward. Well, when he played in Minnesota, he was drafted as he was dra- drafted as a forward, and then they ended up putting him back on defense. Um, or maybe he was couple- drafted as a D, and they just put him on forward because he was big and had good skill. Well, that is because I'm looking at his other teams. He played in Kuchiching, and they have hit. They had him listed as a D as well. So I don't know. I know he play, I know he was playing forward in the in the NHL at one point. That's one thing I can definitely uh, guarantee you. Have you seen the San Jose Sharks? I'll call them road jerseys because you wear white on the road in the NHL, which I can't stand. Have you seen their white jerseys? I have not. Okay. So let me describe these to you. They have, they're very classic. When I say classic, I mean stripe around the bottom, multiple stripes. You have a turquoise, maybe a gold in there, and a black stripe down at the bottom. Then you have the arm stripes, traditional arm stripes, nothing funky, nothing, no V, no angles, just straight across. You have shoulder patches, uh, like uh, just has a shark fin and a circle, maybe like water. I'm just, I'm not looking at it right now. I'm describing it. And then the traditional uh, shark through the triangle, biting the stick in the middle, turquoise pants with just a basic white stripe down the pant, a thick white stripe. Okay. Stripe socks, their gloves are turquoise, white helmets. I mean, it's just, it just looks clean. And I think every pant in the NHL should have a stripe on it. 
Okay. Like too many teams have just plain. Well, how many pants. don't uh, Boston, Philly, New Jersey, St. Louis, maybe Buffalo just added one this year after years of preaching about it on the radio. They finally added one, a yellow one. Uh, I, I think Toronto added one a few years ago. They added the white stripe. They only had, it was solid blue, but there are uh, Florida. I don't think has a stripe on their pants. Um, Colorado. I don't think I'm, and I'm just going off okay, the top. You of just, wow. I, I I'm very impressed that you just named those cities that don't have a stripe down their pants, but I, I, I know, but I might be wrong. I could you. be wrong. I could be wrong, but I know there were po- at points where they didn't have stripe. Like Colorado used to have just like a, a, a an all black pant, and I just I think that the pants should have more color on. I saw this the other day, and I I don't know if it was a joke or if they're actually thinking about this, but I think it was the Philadelphia Flyers that brought this uh, to the table about uh, the Cooperalls bringing them back. So for anyone who doesn't know what Cooperalls are, I wore Cooperalls um, when I was when I was a young kid. They were basically so I want you to think about anybody who has a, a young kid or or who plays hockey themselves. You have the your shell that goes over your pants. OK, that shell. Well, those shells would be basically full length all the way down to the bottom of your skates. So the whole thing, it's like putting on a pair of pants and, and doing them up with a strap. Those are called Cooperalls, like the full, there's no socks. Only and two teams. The last two teams to wear them were Philly. Vancouver. No, uh, I don't think Vancouver, Hartford, the Hartford. Hartford okay. Yeah. Remember yeah. they had them back right. too. They were the last two teams, but a They're lot sick. of teams wore them. And yeah, they were, they, they were, were a really big cool. thing. They they were a big big thing. Like the you didn't have those wool socks or these, uh, you know, I don't even know uh, the poly whatever socks that you can't skate through or whatever. There was no socks when we were um, when we were kids. We wore Cooperalls. Just put on your shin pads, your pants, the whole thing, and then you pulled you pulled on like a pair of pants. But I also think incredible. my brother my brother's first pair of pants were a blue pair of Cooperalls. Okay, this has got to be like 1984, 85, somewhere there, because he's two years older than I am. His first pair of pants were blue Cooperalls. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, they unzipped at the knee so you could take the bottom part off. The old, the, these ones, I think, specifically, and they were almost like a, it was like a girdle. You had a girdle, yeah. and then you pulled the pants up over top over your shin pads and everything, and it just it covered everything. Yeah. I think they're super. So let cool. me let me tell you this. I we looked sick. Okay, we were North Bay, Ontario. We're this like little shitball AAA team up north. No one gave us any respect at all. Um, meanwhile, we had uh, we won seven NOHA championships. We had three guys drafted, three players drafted from the North Bay. Uh, my North Bay AAA, three players drafted the NHL. So good this little team was. Like we had, we were unbelievable. Just a bunch of absolute insane mutants that went and beat the crap out of all these entitled little friggin' Toronto kids that thought their shit didn't stink. But let me tell you, <laughs> we, uh, we, our families, we didn't have a lot of money. Okay. We, we didn't have a lot of money. Um, I will say this, that each and every single kid on our team growing up, we all knew how much our parents gave, um, the, the amount of money that we, our parents had 
the spend for us to play this awesome game. We all knew it. We weren't entitled little shits like the, a lot of the people, uh, a lot of these kids nowadays, they have no idea. I need another stick, daddy. I need another stick. This one doesn't work 300 bucks later. Like, oh my God, unbelievable. But anyway, um, we did a lot of fundraising. We did a lot of fundraising as a team, the parents together. Um, it was, it was expensive and, and this and that. And we did a lot of fundraising and we ended up, we were the only team in North America that had two, we had two sets of Cooperalls, but we had one set that was white. White Cooperalls? White Cooperalls. We were, when we wore our, our reds, okay? So, so our colors were red, white, and blue when I was a kid. And then you had red Cooperalls with the white stripe going down the whole pant. But then when we were wearing the whites, we had the whites with the white, the, the white Cooperalls with a red stripe. You wouldn't believe how we had people every single time we played in every single tournament, traveling all over the place. People were coming up saying, holy jumping, do you guys look sharp? I remember tons of people came up to my parents, our parents, and talked about how sharp we looked because we were the only team that had white, white Cooperalls. We had two sets of Cooperalls. It was awesome. Oh, that's, that would look pretty cool. I think they should bring them back. They should bring back Cooperalls. Anyway, um, at least for a game. At least for a game, you the they fans are. would. The Flyers abs- are going. The Flyers are doing it. No, they're not. Craig, they're doing oh. it this year. I don't. Under, I don't understand. What are you? Because I listen. I saw. I saw a picture with the Philadelphia Flyers, and maybe it's wrong on me that I didn't read the whole thing. But I saw the them. early '80s long hockey pants will be worn during warm-ups each time the Philadelphia Flyers wear their new reverse retro Adidas hockey jersey. Why are they not wearing them for the games? Because ah, players are used to to something already. Oh, like, God, okay, let's use that as an excuse. That would be unbelievable. But it looks it looks unbelievable. I mean, if you haven't seen if you haven't seen it, the whole picture of the uniform, it's absolutely awesome. It's absolutely incredible. Awesome. Um, last night the show tweeted out that a goalie should be fair game after he does what John Gibson did last night. And I don't know if anyone's seen it, but he basically attacked a Detroit player in the corner, elbows him in the face. The goalie the, the player gives him a little hook and then um Gibson swipes his stick at him in a pretty vicious way and then cross-checks him with his blocker. In the back cr- of the head. Uh, well, you know, lower, upper back, neck lower area. Neck, yep. Okay. Like, oh, no, oh, I sh- shit. You know what? You're right. Right in the back of the head. Blocker to yep. the back of the skull. Did you see what I replied with? Uh, well, the show tweeted, uh, well, a goalie should be fair game after this. And then the video and you wrote 100%. And then Paulie Hamilton came off the top ropes with a 1000%. And here's the thing. The only, the only wrong thing about your statement is should. Why? What? Goaltenders are fair game. (laughs) No, they're not. I'll tell you right now. Somebody does that to me. Someone does that to me. I will punch the head right off that goaltender. You can't do that. Yes, I can. And yes, I have done. No goaltender is going to do that to me. They're not going to sit there and and hide behind their their freaking goalie mask and think that they can do that to me. Not a chance. 
I would friggin' knock his head off and then I'd be ready for a friggin' battle because all the boys on the other team are going to be coming after me. And I'm totally fine with that. Cause someone's going to lose some teeth. Do you, remember, do you remember the famous video, Bob Probert, just skating up to Vincent Riano and just absolutely drilled him. Cool. Have you ever him. done that to a goaltender before? No, no. No, punch the goalie in the head. Absolutely. No, fuck. I mean, I fought Ray Emery, but that was that was different. He would he, he literally fought, fought the a goaltender, which is like one of the no, but I mean I've never like with my glove on and the turned around and and cold cocked a goaltender standing in the crease. Hundred percent. A guy like me could never do that. I would yes, be you suspended. Could. I would be suspended for 20 yeah, games. No, you wouldn't because right. they'd look at the, the, the you're not going to punch a goaltender in the head for no reason. You're going to punch them because they basically are taking advantage of the situation and think that they can do whatever they want. That right there should have been taken care of immediately. There's nothing wrong with that guy, literally Colcock and Gibson. And then deal with the consequences later. That's not going to happen. I just think if goaltenders goal- are a fair game, hundred percent, you're going to act like that. You're going to act like that. Then you're going to, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel the wrath. I actually am starting to get to a point. This is going to be a very unpopular opinion, but I, I think if a goaltender wants to come out and play the puck, should be able to body check. Got more equipment on than anybody else in the league. Yeah, like, no, come on. like, no, 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 I, okay. no, I don't, I don't think that. And listen, I mean, there has been goaltenders that have come out of their crease and they've laid some bodies to a few hockey players over the time. And, you know, listen, I mean, I don't think they're fair game. I don't think they're fair game. I don't think you should be able to, you know, if a goaltender is going out to play the puck, I don't think you should be able to go and run them. Um, but I'll tell you this. If they're going to hack and whack and punch and do all those things to certain players or, or players, then they should be fair game. Do you, like uh, Polly you- Hamilton said, it's not a hundred percent. It's 1000%. Did you play with any goalies that like to fight? Like, I remember, I don't, I don't think I ever played with any goalies that like to fight, but I play, I, I played against, oh. and I remember hearing about Dan Cloutier. Yes. Well, he oh loved boy. it. Ray Emery was a, he loved it. Like he would fight in the minors. Like he fought, uh, who well, was the Cloutier kid who was a draft pick of the New York Rangers back in the day. First rounder. He was a first round draft pick as a goaltender came out of the OHL and I'm going to tell you, I, I was in, in Montreal at the time I was older. So I was actually, uh, it was good. I was like 25, 26. So I didn't have to go to those rookie games. Okay. Those rookie tournaments. There was a situation with the Montreal Canadians where there was a major brawl with, and I say that there was a major brawl. We've talked about this multiple times before back when we played at training camp, you would go and there'd be four teams that would show up, you know, Carolina, it could have been the Rangers. It could have been, you know, Boston and, and, uh, and Montreal, our team. And we would play them every single year in a rookie. And it was like, it was like a gong show. You played 55 minutes of really good hockey. And then the last five minutes where all the meatheads were trying to make the team and it just became a complete shit show. Um, but anyway, in this situation, I can't remember the goaltender's name, but he, he played, he played in the NHL, um, you know, for, for a number of years, but anyway, he ended up going to this rookie thing and playing 
against the Rangers and there was a brawl that happened at the end of the game and he ended up fighting um, Kluche, you would not believe his face when he came back from the tournament the next day. Bad. Like, I mean, both eyes were com- almost completely swollen shut. They were black and and puffy. His His lips were like completely mangled completely mangled like i mean it looked like he got hit by a bat multiple times in the face and Jesus. uh yeah i so talking about goaltenders that are tough that's certainly not a guy that you would want to deal with because he well, was Gib- almost- gibson pulled a, a ron hextall like that's borderline ron hextall last night the only difference is ron hextall would have probably fought the guy 100 percent. he would have been looking to fight he, ron hextall that was part of the game back in the uh in the 70s but it, it is not now and listen i mean uh if i'm a goal t- if i'm if i have a goaltender like that then i'm gonna stick up for him i'm like hey uh, no problem i got your back but let me tell you if i'm the one who's getting hit there if i'm the one who's getting hit in the corner slashed viciously on the way to the net and then hit in the back of the head i'm telling you right now I'm giving Gibson a knuckle sandwich. Well, that's why Gibson did it is because there's no one's going to do anything anymore. Like it's as, yeah. it's as safe a league as, as it's ever been. There are no repercussions for anything, you know, yeah. like I'm fine with no fighting, but that's with no antics. If there's antics yeah. like this, then, you know, someone needs to, someone needs to pay the price. Before we get out of here, let's take a look at what's going on around the league tonight. Uh, well, we already talked about Toronto at Vegas, so that's going to be Phil Kessel uh, tying Keith Yandel's Iron Man streak. Yes, that's one that's one talking point. But you also have, you know, another talking point is Jack Eichel right now uh is on fire. Scored two goals, uh scored two goals last night. He's coming into Toronto. Let's see if those big boy uh the big they're home to they're Toronto. home to Toronto, but still it doesn't matter. I mean Toronto's exactly. coming in. Yeah. Yeah, so you have Toronto Maple Leafs. Can Austin Matthews, Mitchie Marner, Tavares, all those guys step up against uh, Jack Eichel in in the base goal in the Knights? Dallas, Ottawa. Ottawa's a team to keep an eye on. Washington, New Jersey. That's an interesting matchup. Jersey's on the rise. Here's one. Pittsburgh Oilers. You got Crosby. Well, you got, the, got, you got the generational talents. You have the two faces of the of the league in the last, what, 15 plus years. You got Connor McDavid up against Sidney Crosby. And I'll tell you, Sidney Crosby is not slowing down. The guy's a, the guy's a freak, man. How much? 10. He has 10 points. What? You didn't know that? I did not know that. Get out of here. How are you? I, like, I you knew, know Stamkos has seven goals, right? I do know that because okay, I Crosby just saw has that. 10 points in in five games. Three goals, seven assists. How many does Connor McDavid have? Do you know? He has 10 points. Yeah. They're battling. They're battling. You know what? It's not even a battle of generational talent, McDavid versus Crosby. It goes even further than that. How about generational duos? You have Malkin and Crosby versus Dreisaitl and McDavid. I mean, monster. Like when you look at it, you have they're they're almost identical in terms of how they are are a one two punch in their franchises. The only yeah. difference is you know one has three cups and one has zero. Well, I was going to say Edmonton doesn't have a Mark Andre Fleury. They don't have a Latang. They don't have you know the depth. They don't have all the guys that they had. They don't have the veterans to to hence three cups. That's an eight o'clock puck drop. Uh, St. Louis, Winnipeg, and then here's the last one: Carolina, Vancouver. Boudreaux, watch. Good luck. 
Good luck, Bruce. I, I hate to say it, but uh, Carolina's uh, Carolina's a machine right now. They're they're a very 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 structured hockey team. Very well coached by by Rod the Bod Brennan Moore, and um, Carolina's going to be one of the top teams in the league. I mean, they're just they're just a really really strong, well well rounded team. So I think uh, I think Vancouver's going to be in tough against uh, Carolina again. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I believe this should know this for sure, but. Kind of think we have a verbal commitment from Thomas Vanek for tomorrow. Is he going to, yeah. be going to be our regular Tuesday guest? If not yeah, tomorrow, we'll, he'll be on. But we'll see. Well, you know, guess it's up to him. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter after the whistle and at Craig Reve fifty two at the Instigator seventy six. And you can find us as you already know on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.